I'm pumped. Let's pray. And I want to get into the teaching. Would you guys join me? Let's put our attention straight on Jesus. And let's welcome him in to speak to us today. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we cherish um, your, your wisdom. We cherish your presence. And God, we're not just here to um, go through a, a routine or a ritual. We are here to encounter you deeply. And so we ask that you'd come and you'd uh, bring us to you. Wherever our, our focus and our attention has been this past week, we ask that you'd center us on you, on your heart, and that you'd open us up to receive you more deeply, to walk with you more closely. We love you, Jesus. All this is for you. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 So, uh, we just finished going through, that would be awesome. Thank you. He's offering me water. You are the man. Thank you so much, Steph. Um, I appreciate you. Excuse me. I'm going to try and not blow out my voice. I'm supposed to sing tonight as well at Overflow. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'll rap. Um, <laughs> Got to come to find out. Um, so we just finished 60 weeks going through the, the Bible. That's over a year. And that is awesome. And I think that deserves like some celebration. So guys, just well done. Good job. It is such a long trek. And there are some portions like Leviticus where you're like, man, this should be a separate book. But we made it through. And I am just so, so uh, glad to be a part of this community that's sinking our roots in deeply. But now we're done. And the question is like, where do we go from here? What, what now? Now, that's kind of what I want to talk about today is, is what now? So did you guys know that you, at the very fiber of your being, were made to not just know like God like intellectually, but actually experience Him personally? That the very fiber of your being, you were made to, to experience tangibly the Lord. Uh, like with your, with your five senses, with your experience. That's how we were actually designed. Like when the Bible says that God is filled with a radical, fiery love for us, so that he does miracles, that he's filled with joy, that he gives us freedom, that he satisfies our deepest longing, that we were actually made to not just be like, yes, the Lord gives freedom. I read that in the scripture. But that we're able to be like, I have experienced freedom in my life. And I have experienced God's joy in my life. That's what we are made for. And so often we kind of settle for, um, for knowing it, and we're actually missing out on so much that God actually has planned for us. Um, and I want to uh, <laughs> clarify that this is not something that's just for the spiritually elite. You don't have to be a pastor or a missionary in you know, a third world country. This is for every single person. This is if you just gave your life to Christ like this very second, or if you've been following him for decades, this is for you experiencing the Lord is, is for you. Um, that means like we were made to experience him healing the sick, uh, freeing us from fear and anxiety, hearing his voice consistently in our everyday life. And so it's also, it's in the overflow of that experience of God loving us that we're then able to actually like love others really well. We were never made to just try and do that on our own, like on our own strength. We were meant to be filled and then we can go and fill others. And so what I want to talk about is, is how do we actually do that? Because we can sit in church all day and we can never actually experience that because it's not sufficient. 
a Sunday morning is not sufficient for us actually getting to encounter God like that. It's meant to be a lifestyle that we walk out. So I'm going to talk about that with you guys today. Um, what we actually have to do, how we experience that is by learning to walk with God. And so how do we walk with God is sort of the, the theme of the message. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down anyway. Just walking with God. So today I've got, uh, I've got two goals. I'm hoping to make this super practical and tangible for us. It's something that we can walk away with. Um, my first goal is that I want to give us a picture of just like, what does it actually look like to walk with God? What does that even mean? And then the second goal is that I want to give us some practical things we can do to start walking with God so that we can experience Him more deeply. Because as we actually experience Him, that's where real transformation happens in our life. So, I am, uh, I'm pumped. This is, this is one of the core passions of my life, so I'm just praying I can communicate this clearly. I want to be somebody who walks with God. And where everywhere I go, people can tell that like the presence of God is with me. And I want to like be somebody that helps take other people into the joy of that too. And so I just feel like today is, is such a key moment. So uh, let's, let's dive in. You guys on board? That sound good to you? Good. Um, so first thing, like what does walking with the Lord actually look like? Right? We, we see that in the Bible is that like so-and-so walked with the Lord and so-and-so walked with the Lord. But what does it mean for Jeshua to walk with the Lord? You know, or Stephan to walk with the Lord, Tia to walk with the Lord. Um, first thing I want us to do, imagine what it's like for you. I literally want you to imagine just walking with like your closest friend right next to you. What is that like for starters? You know, you, you're in close proximity together. Physically, you're talking, you're listening to each other, you're laughing, you're sharing your hearts. Things might be going on around you that you that you notice, like distractions or something like fun, like the moments of life. You share those together, right? Anything that happens as I'm walking with my wife, we might notice it, but then we just say, hey, do you see that thing? And we, we share in life together. That's exactly what it's like to walk with the Lord, is it is it's a complete sharing of life and communication together. But the difference is that the intimacy that we can have with the Lord is closer than any friend. You know, it's closer than a brother, closer than a spouse. Um, I use, uh, I use, I, I came up with this. I'm very proud of this, actually. It's an acronym uh, to help picture what walking with the Lord is like. And it's, it's uh, PACE. PACE, because walking, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> So pace, you can write that down too if you're taking notes. But um, P stands for participation. Participation. I feel like, I feel weird. I've never used an acronym before, but this is kind of like, I don't know, I've graduated a level, I guess, in my speaking. Um, Participation means that we're doing things with God and he's doing things with us. It's just a shared experience. It means that like um, God says, hey, Look at this. And we're participating with it. We go there and we follow him. And then we do that thing with the Lord. And he says, hey, like, I want to show you this. And we go and we do that with him. We're available and we're interruptible. That's what participation means. And we get a picture of this. That's actually how Jesus walked with the Lord too. When we look at, at John 5, Jesus says this. He says in verses 19 and 20. Um, it's short, so it's not on the screen. You just have to listen to me. Um, <laughs> Very truly, I tell you. 
The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does. But then this, he says, For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. See, Jesus lived and he walked with his eyes constantly on the father. And when the father showed Jesus something, Jesus just did that with the father. And that was it. That's participation. And that, that for us can be everything from hearing God say this. We can hear God say, you know, you're pretty stressed today. You should go take a nap. How many of us would do better if we listened to the Lord tell us to take a nap, right? Yeah, and so participation with God can be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to go take a nap. Thank you, Lord. It could also be something like, hey, this person broke their leg. I want to heal them. Come and pray for them so that I can heal them. It could be that. Sometimes, like, our participation with the Lord requires us to learn to be obedient and to take risks with Him. But every time that we do that and dare to take a risk and follow the Lord, even if it's scary, we are responding, yes, to an invitation from God to go and to experience Him more deeply. That's what walking with the Lord is. We hear His voice and we go and do something with Him. So that's P. Um, I've got a, <laughs> a story of that before we move on to the other, other letters of uh, a situation that was like, it wasn't exact. I, I wanted to share it because it's like partly a success, but it's not entirely a success, you know? Um, there was, uh, I don't know if it was like a couple of years ago, uh, Olivia and I were out towards Park Rapids for my birthday and we stopped at this frozen yogurt place. And I was in line, we walked up to the cashier and instantly as I, as I walked up there, I got this pain in my inner ear and my ears are fine. And it's just this flash of pain on my inner ear. And I was like, that's weird. And then I had this thought, like, wait a second, like, maybe that's a sympathetic pain. And if you don't know what a sympathetic pain is, it's a way that God can cue us into something that might be happening with somebody around us. Is that like, let's say that your shoulder is normally fine. You sit down at a table with a bunch of people and all of a sudden you go, ow, my shoulder. That was weird. It could just be random. Or that could actually be God telling you, hey, somebody around you has got a shoulder pain. Why don't you ask? And see if, like, if somebody has it. And then I'm inviting you to come and pray for that person. Sometimes that's how God speaks. And so in this instance, I was like, that's weird. My ears are normally fine. Maybe it's her. And so I asked, like, hey, do you have a problem with your, with your ear and pain or hearing? And the success part of the story, I take another, man, I don't even, second service is going to have to interpret. <laughs> I can just feel it deteriorating. Um, but so the success part of the story is that she was like, actually, yeah. And she was partially deaf. And so I'm like, boom, this is awesome. God's going to heal her. He just shared this with me. And I was able to say, hey, like, here's what happened. God loves you. He sees you. And I feel like, like, can I pray for you for this? And she was like, yeah. And she was so blessed by that. And I prayed for her and nothing happened. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, let's pray again. Let's redo. God, here we go. And nothing happened. And so we're like, okay, like, I don't know why that happens, but God loves you anyway. And she was still blessed by it. And the funny part of the story is like, I was leaving the store and then she comes out and follows Liv and I. And, and she's just, she was so sweet. She wanted to just encourage me to get my ears checked out because, <laughs> because if I'm hearing me, that could be really serious. And I, I was just like, no, it's for you. This is God. And he spoke to me through my ear because my ears are fine. It's for you. And darn it. But uh, either way, it was like she still felt super loved. And I had an experience with God because I participated with him of actually being like, 
you know, I heard your voice. And it didn't even go as planned, but even in that, there is still an encounter with the Lord, even when things don't go as planned, you know? So that's the participation. Um, moving on to A, stands for attention and affection. Yes, there, there are two words here, but I couldn't find an acronym that had two A's in it, so there's two in one. Attention and affection is walking with the Lord. And this just means that we are, um, we're, sh- we're giving our attention to God and our affection to Him, and we're getting to enjoy his, the fact that He has His full attention and affection lavished on us as well. Um, do you guys know that you already have the full attention of the Father? Isn't that awesome? There's not a single thing that we could do that would cause him to pay more attention to us. You already have the full attention and the full affection of your father. And that's amazing. So walking with the Lord is just giving him ours and getting to receive the fact that, that, that he has that for us as well. Getting to enjoy that more deeply. The C um, in pay stands for just communication. And that's just like any way that we build a relationship with a normal friend. What do you do? You just communicate. You talk. You're sharing your heart, and then you're listening and receiving theirs. Now, that's, that's communication. Um, I don't, I'm not going to expand on that one anymore. The last one uh, for pace is enjoyment. It's just a sharing of delighting in the Lord and then being able to receive his delight for you as well. There's this two-way street in all of this. Or we are present with God and God's present with us. Um, but it's so easy to forget that God is not just a God who wants to be served. God is actually a God who wants to love and be loved, to enjoy and to be enjoyed. Zephaniah 3.17 says this. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty one who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. And so now there, there's two times in this verse that it says God will rejoice over you. And in the Hebrew, there's two different words for that. The first time it says God will rejoice, it's describing something that is a rejoicing that's the complete opposite of mourning. That God is not sad with you. And it's this pervasive, like, irresistible joy that he literally cannot help but be joyful in you. And then the second time that it says rejoice, um, it's describing... Um, spinning around with intense motion. And it has the suggestions of dancing for joy or leaping for joy. So that means God is literally like looking at you and he's going, oh my gosh, I love them so much. They're amazing. I'm dropping my mic. But he's just like, he's literally out of control, just irresistibly joyful about you. And that is a joy that he's like, I want them to experience this. He's not like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But don't see me. Don't like, I don't want you to actually notice this joy. No, he's like, he wants to lavish this on us. And that experience with God is what comes as we walk with him daily. You know, is that starting to make sense a little bit? That picture. Um, so. That is what we get to grow into and experience more of as we learn to walk with the Lord. And a quick note, as we think of the, the pace, the participation, attention and affection, communication and enjoyment, what I don't want us to do is to think of that as like a checklist to accomplish. This is not something that we have got to um, achieve in order to make God pleased with us. You already have his full affection. You know, this is not something that we have to earn in order to do. And it's not like a destination that we have to arrive at. Um, it, I, I wrote this down. If you're taking notes, this would be a good one as well. Um, walking with God 
is not a checklist we achieve. It's not an ability we earn. It's a lifestyle we practice. We practice our pace with God. And that's it. We don't have to earn a thing. Um, And so how do we practice then? If we want to experience God, we walk with him. So what can we actually do that says, I want to start walking with you, God. I don't know how. I don't know how to hear your voice and pay attention to you. I don't know how to participate with you. So like, how can I actually practice doing that and starting to walk with you? And that's what I want to um, get into, like some concrete stuff that we can walk away with today. Um, so first thing, um, walking with Jesus starts with knowing him, with knowing what he is like, what his character is, what his voice sounds like, and then learning to be aware of him. That's what we want to practice first. The absolute best like no contention way of doing that is through the Bible. And I know we just finished this long series through the Bible. I'm going to give you a couple things new today. Um, the reason that the Bible is the absolute best place to go is that it is the single place you can go that you know 100% that you're encountering the voice of God. You're encountering the heart of God, the will of God, 100%. Of the time. That is the only place you can go. And every other experience that we have is held up and measured to the standard of the Bible. And if it doesn't line up with that, if it contradicts the Bible, we know that it's false. It doesn't like any teaching that you hear, any song that we sing, any prophetic word that you hear. It does not matter where it comes from or who says it. If it contradicts the Bible, it's false. And so, thank you. Amen. Um, so, What that does for us is it allows us to differentiate between what is and what isn't God's voice. Somebody can come to me and say, hey, I feel like I've got a word from the Lord for you. He says, you're a sinner and he is disappointed in you. If I don't know the Bible, I'm going, dang, God thinks I'm a sinner and and he's really disappointed in me. But if I actually go and line it up to the Bible, I go and say, "Um, okay, sure. But the Bible says that I'm forgiven, that I've got the righteousness of Christ and that I'm God's beloved child. That's wrong. And it gives me an anchor point. And so then when I do hear God's voice saying, I love you. You're amazing. I've got a plan for you and a purpose for your life. I can go and read like, oh, the Lord has a, a, a purpose and a hope for me. And be like, that's the Lord. That's God's voice. Knowing the Bible helps us differentiate between the voices and get to know what his voice sounds like. You know, um, on top of that, the Bible helps us encounter and walk with the Holy Spirit. A lot of us can be scared because experiences with the Holy Spirit seem like it's just like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. It's out of control. That's what the Bible's for. The Bible anchors us in truth. The Holy Spirit and experiences that he like brings us will never, ever, ever contradict the Bible. Ever. What the Bible does is it anchors our experience with the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is that it makes alive the truth of the Bible and gives us experience with the God of the Bible. And so they work in tandem. We need both. The Bible is that or that's why we go to the Bible. So that being said, I want to go back to these like these concrete exercises. I'm excited about this. Um, The first one we're actually going to practice and it's called the head tilt method. Um, I know that sounds super profound. My, my wife wanted me to call it the dog method because it's like, you know, anytime a dog hears a sound, they're like, huh? Yeah. 
And so head tilt method, dog method, whatever you can remember it better. Um, but oftentimes when God speaks to us through the Bible, you know, it'll be like uh, some a passage will just seem like highlighted. Or something will kind of jump off the page. Has anybody had that? You've just kind of been going, something just kind of jumps out to you a little bit. That's often what happens. And sometimes it's obvious, like, oh my gosh, that is clearly the Lord. But other times, most of the time, it's, it's not obvious. It's just like this very gentle nudge. It's a very gentle, like, guiding of our focus, where it's the Holy Spirit just slightly highlights something just enough to make us go, huh, head tilt, you know? Um... Yeah, occasionally when God speaks, he'll come and he'll like, he'll blow off the doors in our life, right? And it'll be like the voice that thunders from the heavens and it, and it just floors us. And we're like, Lord, I can tell that's your like, audible voice. But most of the time, it doesn't actually happen like that. Um, most of the time, God's voice comes as something like, you know, a passing thought that could easily be mistaken as our own. Um, a gentle whisper is a guide to our focus. I once heard a speaker describe it as um, being aware of like a feather falling on your arm. And the thing about that is that like it's easy to miss that unless you're paying attention, right? Attention is the A in pace. And so we're for practicing our attention. We're practicing with like the head tilt, being aware of when that feather falls on our arm. So when we read the Bible and we're listening for God's voice, we don't read looking for something crazy, for something to just like be flashing lights. We read, and then we just pay attention. We ask God to speak to us. We pay attention for something to just kind of make us go, hmm. Hmm. And that's it. And then we hang on to that. We don't move on. Um, Because that's often how he speaks to us in our everyday life, is just like a a slight guide to our focus. Um, A frequent Bible passage used to illustrate this is in 1 Kings 19, where God is speaking to Elijah. Elijah's in the wilderness and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it'll be on the screen, where um, the Lord says, like, hey, come out to the side of a mountain. My presence is going to pass by you. And so Elijah goes, and uh, a massive wind comes by, and it shatters the rocks, and, but God's presence isn't in the wind. And then a massive uh, earthquake comes by, and God's not in the earthquake. And a fire comes by from heaven, and God's not in the fire. And then all of a sudden, the sound of this gentle whisper comes and Elijah recognizes it as the voice of the Lord. So he covers his head and he goes out to meet with the Lord. That's often how God speaks to us as well. Um, but why, why is it that God speaks so gently? You know, why couldn't he just make it obvious? There are so many times I'm like, God, would you just make it clear? Personally, I think the reason is that because if God, every time he spoke, if he just blew the doors off in our life, it literally requires nothing from us. It requires no relationship. It requires no faith. It requires no pursuit, no love, no attention, no affection. But learning and practicing to, to be aware of God's whisper in our ear requires all those things from us. And it's a building of relationship. It's not just like a slot machine or a vending machine. You know? So I want us to actually practice this now. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to put Psalm 23 on the screen. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I I think the way that it's phrased will uh, help us. Um, And I want us to just like, to just relax. I'm going to invite God to speak to us. And as we read, I want you to just pay attention to like any verse that just makes you go, hmm. You know, you're not looking for anything dramatic. If anything sticks out to you, you're like, wow. Honestly, like 
that probably wasn't even enough of like a highlight or enough of a head tilt to even count, go with that one. That might actually be it, you know? Um, but uh, I want to just, I'm just going to pray. And there's no pressure here. But just as we read it, just internally pay attention to the Lord and just like wait for just like a, huh. So let's do this now. Lord, we just invite you to come and speak to us. Thank you, God, that you're a Lord uh, that wants to be heard and that you want relationship with us. God, I ask that you just uh, um, give us like a little a little nudge, a little head tilt um, for something that you want to just highlight to us today. Amen. Um, all right, let me just read this. It says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you're near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. And then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Hmm. So, how was that? Did any of you guys feel like like you just had a slight like, huh? Or even if you're not saying like, maybe I did, of hands? Yeah? Awesome. And even if you didn't, that's okay. Even if you're uncertain, like, you know, I don't know if anything like stuck out to me. For now, just like, Pick whichever verse you think might have and go with that. The nice thing about the Bible is that um, even if something isn't like super highlighted to you, they're all God's voice and he can speak to you about any single one of them. Um, And I'll I'll expand on that in a second. Um, But most of the time, like the nature of this exercise is that we're not certain. And that's actually a good thing because that's why we um, that's why it's practice. And it's just working out that muscle of being attention or being uh, like attentive to God's little little head, head nudge. And because most of the time, that's how we actually hear him in our daily life. It's that we, uh, we get familiar with what a head nudge feels like or a head tilt feels like by doing something like this. And then when we're going through our daily life, we feel that similar, huh? And we go, wait a second. I know where that's from. God, what are you saying? And then we can participate with him. So this is how we practice. Um, so, but that leads us to a second practical exercise. And it's like, what now? Now that we actually have a verse that sticks into our head, what, that's great. But now what do we do with that? Um, well, the second method is something that my dad has affectionately named um, chewing the cud. Do you guys know how cows eat food? It's kind of gross, right? In Chicago, this blew my mind because nobody, like, is a farmer near me in, you know, the city. And uh, you guys, like, you know, Jake already knew this. <laughs> but... Um, 
what happens when a cow eats food is that it takes a bite and it chews it and it chews it and it chews it and it swallows it. And you're like, great, you're done. But it's not done. It's a psych. It regurgitates it and then it chews it some more. And you're like, that's disgusting. And it's like, I don't care. And then it swallows it and it regurgitates it again and it keeps on chewing it. And at some point you're like, that's got to be just liquid at this point. Like, I think you have successfully extracted all of the possible nutrients out of this grass. Take a different bite, right? But that's exactly what uh, uh, we do with the scripture. Another word for that is, is meditating. And don't get weirded out by the word meditating. David in, in the psalm says all the time that he meditates on God's law day and night. What biblical meditation just means is we're doing what the cow does. Is that we, we take a bite of scripture and we just turn it around in our head. We think about it. We process it. We chew on it. We stew on it. We turn it over in our minds. We talk to the Lord about it. We swallow it. And, just, and then we bring it up and we do it again. And we swallow it. And we bring it up and we do it again. We just turn it around. And by doing that. We're allowing the truth of God's scripture to saturate into us more deeply. And it starts transforming our mind. You know, um, let me, uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Before I go into actually doing this. um, When we read the Bible, um, so often we try to read for like a certain amount of time. Or we try to read for like a certain amount of verses or chapters, right? And that's good. But I want to actually invite you to consider putting that to rest for a moment. Um, and to like put to rest the idea that you have to cover a certain amount of ground when you read the Bible. Instead, try something like read until you feel just a slight little head tilt or maybe a head tilt. And then when you do that, stop. And don't go any further, but stop and check in with the Lord and then start just chewing the cud and just turning that verse over in your mind. It might look something like this. If we're reading Psalm 23, it might look like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Huh. Okay. So if God is my shepherd, I guess that, that makes me a sheep. I don't really want to be a sheep, but I guess that makes me a sheep. So what does a shepherd do for a sheep? A shepherd protects the sheep. I've, man, I've been really feeling defensive right now. God, are you trying to tell me something about, you know, your, your protection of me and my family? What is, what's the sheep's role in, in God's protect? They're not anything really. They just kind of follow the shepherd, you know, and boom, just like that, you're, you're meditating on scripture. You're turning it over in your mind and you're allowing, like when previously you might've just blown past the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Suddenly you're starting to understand God as your protector and what actually being a shepherd means, you know? Um, and by doing that, we start to actually understand who God is better and we start to recognize his voice. So pay attention for the head tilt and pay attention and then just start like chewing the cut. I'll give you like a personal example from my life. Um, this past year, I've been trying to fix my thought life. It's quite an adventure, but I can be so critical of myself. I can be so like self-condemning. Anytime I do something, I'm like, that wasn't good enough, Joshua. And I've started to relate to God at some point in my life as if he's that critical of me too. And I was trying to like, uh, you know, go about my normal life, but then I'd, I'd try to listen for God and I would feel like I'd hear him say things like, you know, you sinned. And so now you've got to earn it before you can be with me again. You know, you better get your act together. Or I'll never use you for anything. Right. 
And I was trying to walk with the God that sounded like that. And then I wondered like, wow, why is this so hard? Why don't I actually want to spend time with this God? Because I was listening for the wrong God, right? So I've been trying to do um, what the Bible says to do in Romans 12, 1. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's chewing the cud, right? Turning it over and meditating on scripture. So what I've been doing is I've been finding a single verse once a week that just talks about how God actually feels about me and how he interacts with me. And I'll sit down first thing in the morning, five minutes, I'll set a timer on my phone. And then just I'll just sit on that and turn that over in my mind for five minutes. I'll do that every day for a week. That'll be like the only thing in scripture that I actually read. Because I'd rather get one thing into my heart than read a hundred things, you know? And so I'll do that for a week. And the next week, I pick a new verse. And I'll do that for a week. And the next week, I'll pick a new verse and do that for a week. I'll tell you what. My thinking is not completely changed. But slowly, I'll, like, I'll have this experience where I'll do something that I previously respond to. By being like, Joshua, you're an idiot. You're so stupid. And now, more often, my first thought is, Joshua, the Lord is with you. He takes great delight in you. You are his beloved son and he rejoices over you. And slowly it's transforming the way that I actually engage with God. Right? So that's actually what happens when we choose to let ourselves saturate in the scripture. Um, I want to do one last uh, little exercise with you guys before we go. And um, this is the, the third practical thing I want to give us. So we've got the head tilt. We've got chewing the cud. And then we've got this one, which is, it's called imaginative prayer or imaginative contemplation. This is like, it's a spiritual discipline that's got deep roots in the church. And it can be traced back to St. Ignatius, I think, is the one who actually like started this. Um, But what this is, is it's a method of prayer where we are imagining ourselves fully immersed in one of the gospel stories with Jesus. And we actually like place ourselves as like an onlooker or a participant in the story. And instead of just reading it in scripture, we read it and then, you know, we imagine something like Jesus speaking to a blind man at the side of the road. We feel the hot sun on our our skin. We might like imagine we smell the dust kicked up by the people passing by or we see like nearby workers salting their fields. We feel like itchy clothing that we're wearing. Um, and, uh, and, and we feel like the, the sweat rolling down our face. We might see the desperation in the blind man's face as he calls out for Jesus or the irritation of the disciples. We place ourselves in the story. And above all else, beyond all that, we just watch Jesus. We watch his facial expressions. We listen to what he says. We watch the way that he goes about and, and interacts with people. And what this does for us, the reason that we actually imagine ourselves in the story is that like when we, uh, in, when we take time to do that, these details take the Jesus of the gospels and it makes it our Jesus. It makes him our Jesus. It takes him out of like just a historical figure in a book and it makes it a personal experience and encounter that we've had with the Lord ourselves because we've participated in it. He's a living person to us. So um, I want us to actually practice this right now, too. I'm going to lead us through it. But what I'm going to have us do, I'm going to just pray again. And then I'm going to read this story to us. I'm not going to have it on the screen because I want us to listen to it. And as we, 
uh, listen to the story. I just want you to place yourself in it. You could be a disciple. You could be a blind Bartimaeus himself. You could be uh, just like, you know, somebody watching nearby. But just place yourself in the story and just let your daydream go. Let your imagination be guided by the gospel. And let's participate in this together. So um, just to familiar, familiarize ourselves with this story. And this is a story where Jesus and the disciples are coming to Jericho. And there's this blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And he hears that Jesus is coming. So he starts calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody's telling him to be quiet. Nobody wants you to chime in. You're being disruptive. But he keeps on going. Jesus hears him, welcomes him over to him, says, what can I do for you? And blind Bartimaeus says, I want to see again. So Jesus heals him. And so we're going to actually place ourselves in this story. So if you guys are okay with it, if you're comfortable, go ahead and uh, make yourselves comfortable. But shut your eyes. And let's imagine this. And so I want you guys to imagine that you're in uh, the city of Jericho. And place yourself in this story. Imagine the, the sun beating down on you. What does the, the place smell like? Maybe you smell or feel kind of like the dust being kicked up. Maybe there's like a waft of, of bread. Listen to the sound of, of the crowd around you and just place yourself in the story. And then just imagine this with me. I'm going to read this. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. So throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, said Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And I want you to keep your eyes closed and keep yourself in that story for a little bit. And I want you to imagine that Jesus turns to you and he looks at you and says, child, and he asks you the same thing that he asked blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? And then just in your imagination, I want you to just... Pray, speak to Jesus, and tell him, God, here's what I need. Here's what I want from you. And then just listen to how he responds. Look at his face. See how he responds to you. I'm just going to be quiet for a little bit. It's going to okay. But just stay there for a moment. And if you feel like God's speaking to you, just feel free to stay there. You do not need to listen to me for the rest of this time. Um, but uh, if you're ready to, you can open your eyes whenever. You know, oftentimes when I pray and when I'm listening for God's voice, I will literally just imagine him with me. Or I'll imagine that I'm with him somewhere else. Um, because it, for me, 
it helps me to differentiate between when I'm speaking and when God's speaking. If I actually am, am like picturing that. And so this is an exercise that you can do. Read a story of Jesus in the gospel. Familiarize yourself with us with it. And then just just imagine and, and let the gospel story like guide your imagination. And it starts to give us personal encounters with Jesus more than just like the story itself. Um, as we're wrapping up here, uh, the last like practical thing that I want to encourage us to do is to take time to worship. Um, worship and singing worship songs is literally, it's meditation on scripture. It's, it's chewing that cud where we're singing songs that declare God's truth. Um, but on top of that, worship is actually warfare at the same time. We are, are saturating ourselves in the truth of God. But you know that um, when we worship, the enemy also flees. And the lies flee. So there's actually like a two-way formational process that's happening here. When we worship, we are, are aligning ourselves and the reality around us with the kingdom of God. And it is just a powerful, powerful thing. Um, so that being said, like tonight is an overflow night. And I would encourage you guys, if you're thinking like, I want to walk with the Lord. I want to encounter him, to experience him. When we sing songs, don't just sing the songs. Sing it from your heart straight to his and, and give him your participation, your attention, your affection, your communication, your enjoyment. And when we do that, like when we worship, the joy is that like we come to love on God, but he comes to love on us as well. And we're opening ourselves up for, for a relationship with him. So consider joining us tonight and to actually like put feet to this and to encounter God in that way. Um, would you guys, uh, stand with me? We're going to, we're going to close. Um, what I'd encourage you guys to do as, as you leave this place today is to choose one of the things that I, I mentioned and to commit to doing it for like five minutes a day for the next like week or two, write it down, choose something that you're going to do, write it down, pick when you're going to do it. Other great things to do would like worship. You could like journal stuff like that, but just take intentional time with the Lord to just encounter him. Um, let's pray together. Lord, would you come and just fill this space, fill up each heart with your life and your presence. God, I ask that you would teach us to walk with you because we don't just want to know about you. We want to experience the God that we love. Thank you. That, that is exactly what you're inviting us into. Draw us close to you, Jesus. We love you, and all this is for you. In Jesus' name, amen.